Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Data Astrology live right here on the Inner Peace Lighthouse radio frequency. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us once again. Peace. We are live. We are in full effect. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Dada Astrology, the best time of your week ahead of time. I just am, of course, as always, happy to be with you, happy to be here live broadcasting about the week ahead astrological events. My favorite part is just breaking it down for you guys in real layman's, practical, bite-sized pieces so so you can, uh, you know, utilize these passing energies, also known as passing transits, to your highest advantage. Um, You know, at the point you have a conscious awareness of it, you actually get to participate. You actually get to choose how you want to engage with these energies. So um, if you missed last week's show, feel free. I want to direct your attention to the episode information. I am also doing a sound check to make sure I can be heard. So um, if you we can be heard. <laughs> um, so make sure to check out the episode information for today's show. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it reads, listen to last week's broadcast here, and there is a link directing you back to last week's show. In last week's show, I'm literally talking a week ago about what will be happening today. Yes, today, February the 1st. Happy February to everyone. <laughs> um I was talking about the 1st of February last week, so don't hesitate to check that out and get caught up and get ahead and then stay ahead because we stay ahead here uh, on the Inner Peace Lighthouse radio frequency. Shout out to our divine righteous ancestors for without whom we wouldn't be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, And shout out to Brother Anpu, our fearless leader. A couple weeks ago I kept saying righteous leader. (laughs) <laughs> but our fearless leader here at um, at Mama Dada Astrology and the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Network. So thank you so much. Without you, we wouldn't be here. We appreciate the divine opportunity you give us to continue to come back week after week to stay ahead. Okay? All right, y'all. Uh, last week I told y'all I was going to come back and give the horoscope information uh, together, I was going to combine them, and I'm glad it kind of, you know, y'all know everything is divine and in, in, in divine order. Speaking of divine order, is going to the key that keyword order is going to play a huge part in the astrology that I'm going to talk to y'all about for this drum roll, please. Upcoming full moon lunar eclipse in Leo on February the 10th. Um, that uh, we got a, a lunar eclipse. Uh, full moon on the 10th, and we have on the 26th a solar eclipse, okay, new moon um, in Pisces, all right? And so we'll we'll tackle that um, the week before it, but this week we're getting ahead with this lunar eclipse. Why is this significant? Well, what's the big deal about eclipses, Mama Dada? Like, what's the point? 
you I promise you you either already feel <laughs> energetically what the point is or you will um as we approach the tenth and potentially um a, a, for a little bit of time after you could a lot of astrologers will tell you. <laughs> which is so interesting, um, that you can perceive the effects of an eclipse up to a month before and up to six months after. Well, eclipses pretty much occur every six months, which I guess you could say, yes, that one eclipse cycle feeds into the next and one eclipse cycle is fed into by the eclipse cycle before it, which is absolutely true, of course. But as far as um, energies that you can read into your personal eclipse that you're experiencing, I would look for themes, okay, energetically within your the context of your relationships, um, you know, and definitely things occurring between now and the 10th. What's, what's so interesting, we over the weekend, I told you all about it last week, we have we're we're experiencing Mercury on Pluto for for the whole time Mercury's been in Capricorn. You could say that it's been conjunct or aligned with or in the same sharing the same area of space as Pluto. But it went exact over the weekend, and this I told y'all last week. This only happens about once a year. It was a couple of years ago um, that it ha- occurred near a Mer- within the context of a Mercury retrograde, so it happened twice. Uh, but this year, once, and it was the, over this past weekend that it that it went exact. And so, if you <laughs> didn't get a loud and clear message over this weekend, either give one to someone else or receive one, you know, then don't really know what to t- <laughs> to tell you. Interestingly enough, for me personally, the. If you like, I said, go back to last week's episode and you can hear the entire breakdown. But clearly, Pluto is power, and Mercury is messages or communication. So powerful messages, powerful things being communicated over the weekend, leading up to the weekend, and here, you know, just uh, within a few days of, so you got some kind of message. Were you listening? I can't, that's for you to determine. But. Uh, And interestingly enough, that was the uh, overarching message that I got over the weekend was to listen to – it really was to shut up and listen. And initially, if you get a message of shut up, you you tend to want to revert – the reflex tends to be to be offended. Oh, what? You're telling me to shut up? How dare you? You know, how dare you shut me up or – attempt to shut me up, Um, but with all the, you just think about it, we're in the midst of Aquarius season, right, ruled by Uranus, which is sudden, um, unexpected events, it's flashes of insight, it's electrical impulses and currents of information, it is intelligent and genius. And a lot of energy, when you think about electricity and electrical impulses, I mean, that's a lot. Think about the electricity that runs through our very bodies that our nervous system operates on. That's a lot. Think of the electricity that flows through a of lightning that Uranus also governs. That's the energy of Uranus. That's the energy of Aquarius. And if you're... 
if you're perceiving this energy on a low vibration, it can manifest as nervousness. It can manifest as, you know, those electrical wires getting fried because of a lot of activity, a lot of heat. There's a lot of energy going through a lightning bolt. There's a lot of energy going through flashes of insight and flashes of awareness. I'm bringing that up um, because of the Mercury-Pluto um, there's an element of Mercury in pretty much every aspect of astrology where you're, you're mentally, you're, you're going through a mental process. And you're in Aquarius, it's sped up intensely, okay? And as I discussed with you guys, the lunar eclipse energy in the week ahead, as I'm even discussing it with you now, I'm consciously sitting down I've <laughs> you may ha- you may um you know relate to what I'm saying about this overwhelming influx of electrical energy in all its forms be it mental be it physical be it emotional psychological relational just fast powerful pungent energy and so when I'm talking about sitting down, when I'm talking about, I, just, I mentioned it to you within seconds of being on the air, the word order, okay, I'm talking to you about Aquarius's co-ruler. And if you talk to certain astrologers, they don't even acknowledge Uranus as a modern ruler. They're still looking at Aquarius and saying Saturn rules Aquarius. I mean, it just depends on what astrologer you're talking to. I'm going to give y'all information that covers all the bases because I want y'all to be well-rounded and to know as much as you can. Um, So Saturn is, you can say that Saturn co-rules Aquarius with Uranus, okay? Or if you're old school, you can just say Saturn governs Aquarius. We are in Aquarius season right now. We are in Aquarius new moon season as of, the 27th of last month. The lunar eclipse full moon in Leo that I'm going to talk to you about that's coming up here in our week ahead on the 10th is the energetic culmination point to that new moon on the 27th of last month. It is also the beginning of the energetic culmination, well, you could actually say Aquarius new moon season was, and I did say that an episode or two ago that this Aquarius new moon season was the last lunar cycle prior to the eclipse season, okay? And so we're not only wrapping up a new moon from a couple of weeks ago when we get to this lunar eclipse, we're wrapping up eclipse season from six months ago, okay? And so I love that, number one, here just in... Two days, we're having another. Now, y'all know I recognize these quarter moons because they just show themselves. You can't, and now that I know about them, I can't ignore them energetically. Something always happens. There's always an opportunity to turn a corner. There's always an opportunity to build. There's always an opportunity at these quarter moons to, to make an adjustment. Coming up here on Friday, 
Uh, I didn't get to discuss it with you guys in last week's show. We just ran out of time, but that's coming up here on Friday. Let me give you guys the exact time. First quarter moon in Taurus at 15 degrees and 32 minutes at 10.19 p.m. Central on Friday, February the 3rd, okay? What I love about this quarter moon is because it's really leading up to this lunar eclipse I'm going to tell you all about. the the. I, I might as well go ahead and say it now. Y'all know I can't wait. I stay ahead in more ways than one. But what I love about this lunar eclipse, especially with all this, Busy, intensely electric Aquarius season, new moon and Aquarius season energy is that we get Saturn, Saturn energetically aids us and gifts us with some stabilizing, uh, Saturn rules Capricorn or Earth energy, okay, so that's an energy that's slowed down. Okay, y'all see where I'm going with this? Well, we've got lightning fast electrical impulses, and then thankfully, <laughs> with this quarter moon in Taurus and Earth sign, we get some grounded, stabilizing, you know, right, energy, and we get that same gift from this lunar equal one. I'm just so happy and thankful for it. It goes hand in hand. That's why Aquarius just, it comes built in with this Saturnian energy, because in the midst of Uranus potential chaos, sudden and unexpected change, that could be chaotic. You're going in one direction and boop, out of the blue. Look, out of the blue, something occurs or out of the blue, you once again, you could be the initiator. You could be the change. And so it doesn't have to be something happening to you, but whatever it is, be it initiated by you or not that Uranus energy automatically denotes a need for adjustment. And when you're making adjustments, Saturn energy is just about the best energy to have, you know, at your disposal because you can make order out of the chaos. You can uh, begin to organize and and structure, uh, you know, from the point that you have either initiated a change or change because you refused to initiate change, change would have been thrusted upon you, okay? Take this a little bit slower. I'm definitely going to – now, y'all know, y'all can go outside tonight. I've been, I've been just gazing and staring at it like mesmerized. <laughs> Just and and a little irritated that my phone camera just won't get Mars like I really want it. But if you look out at the sky tonight, oh, it's been so beautiful, y'all. Y'all have looked out at the sky over the last week or so and seen that bright star. Yes, the moon starting to it's waxing, you know, so you're seeing the more visible light from um, from the moon at night as we're reaching, we're headed towards full by the 10th. But if you're out there earlier in the night, like after it goes dark, maybe within a couple of hours of it going dark, and there's that big bright star, that's Venus, okay? If you look right above Venus and to the left, you see a little faint, like faint, faint, Red, you can tell it's red, but it's real faint. 
in comparison to Venus, and that's Venus and Mars, y'all. I told y'all last week I was going to combine the horoscopes for those and break them down to y'all. I'm going to do that real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. I'm going to go through it pretty quick. But I want you to know, especially as you're listening out for your sun sign, your moon sign, or your rising sign, I want you to know that what they represent, they're in the sky. It's, it's one thing to look up at them, oh, that's so beautiful, and, you know, go in the house or go wherever you're going and, you know, don't think about it again until you look up at the sky the next night. But what I want you all to keep in mind as you see it, with your physical eye, I want you to keep in mind the spiritual awareness and the and, and the spiritual perception of what you're physically looking at. Which Venus, you see, I think that's real interesting that Venus just shines. At least from our vantage point at this particular time, Venus shines so much brighter than Mars. Um, so much more visible, so much more beautiful, you know, just from the vantage point. Well, if I could see Mars better, I'm sure I'd think it was so beautiful too, <laughs> but it's so faint. But Venus, of course, is the feminine energy, and Mars is the masculine. They're, they're like sun and moon, and Jupiter and Saturn, they just go together, okay? Venus and Mars. Our, our Venus, and we all have a Venus nature. If, I don't care if you're a man or a woman. We all have a Venus nature that recognizes, responds to, and appreciates beauty, that recognizes, responds to, and appreciates art, that recognizes, responds to, and appreciates self-appreciation, self-esteem, what we value, including ourselves. Also, uh, what we attract and collect and possess, okay? Um, comforts. Venus talks about comforts, you know, comfort food and anything that comforts us, all right? And then Mars, on the other hand, is going to be the passions, okay, the drive, the actions that we take, the the assertiveness, the courageous, bold, you know, um, um, the, that, that part of us that, that initiates. You know, and ain't scared to initiate. Um, so there's there's a, a gruffness with Mars and, and a softness with Venus. And together, when they're together like this, they work beautifully hand in hand, or at least there's an opportunity for them to coexist in a in a balanced way. I, I've told y'all before that um, through my study, that's the thing about studying astrology, you know, and and astrology being governed by Aquarius and Uranus, okay? Because it's so vast, it goes so fast. It's 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 on that frequency of intelligence and genius and and science and uh, and and uh, technology, okay? And so um, Venus and Mars to work in a balanced way to ignite our passions with beauty. <laughs> Instead of Mars by itself, it can go so it can go bad real quick, you know. If you don't know how to channel that Martian energy in a productive, constructive way, Mars can get you in a whole lot of trouble and you can go from assertive to aggressive in no time flat. You can go from you know, being brave and courageous 
to starting a war in no time flat. So thankfully, Venus is accompanying that and uh, uh, Mars right now. And Venus here in our current week, uh, yes, enters Aries uh, right before that quarter moon in Taurus I was telling y'all about. So the quarter moon's at 10.19 p.m. on Friday. The Venus enters Aries at 9.51 a.m., okay? Um, how do I want to do this, y'all? Because I think I want to just do the Venus ones and, and y'all keep the Mars in mind. Let's see. Let's see how I do it. Sorry, y'all. I got so much going through my head. I heard the – now, y'all know everything can be broken down astrologically. Now, I just told y'all that we are living under this Mercury on Pluto time of the year. And today is Mercury Day. Y'all know I do shows on Mercury Day in the Mercury Hour. You hear me? Because I, I, be I be wanting my message to come through <laughs> clearly and concisely. And you, uh, one of your favorite celebrities I know, Beyonce, uh, delivered a very powerful message today. Now, y'all tell me Beyonce and Jay-Z don't have an astrologer on their team. You can't tell me they don't. Because, <laughs> baby, uh, that message came through loud and clear on, on message day. Uh, and what a message it is. So congratulations are in order for them. Uh, but Clearly, you know, either that or it's just by the strangest coincidences that she's been. And if you look at her, if you look at her, she's likely made it through that first trimester, that first three months, and likely has six more to go. So y'all look at that timeline when we're setting off a time. I just got through talking to y'all about eclipse season, and we're initiating a time period that has six months to go. We're starting a new eclipse season that culminates six months from now. Y'all see what 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 she potentially is doing here? Okay, she did all it, the last Aquarius new moon season. <laughs> if y'all think about it and remember, and I talked about it. The last Aquarius new moon season was the Super Bowl thing she did at an Aquarius new moon. Y'all see what, what could be going on here? I don't know. I'm I'm assuming she they work with an astrologer because her stuff just be lining up too good. And um, y'all will see on the, um, Brother Ampu's YouTube channel for Hip Hop Astrology TV, that he tend, he often puts a quote at the beginning of his videos that says, millionaires, and it's a quote by J.P. Morgan Chase, millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. Okay? Billionaires. Now, you look at the, you just, I just think it's interesting, and I think it should be noted. I think it should be recorded, so I'm recording it on this show. Okay? Okay. I'm not going to read into it I don't because I don't want you to think I'm trying to get you to read into it. I just, I, that's why I love astrology, because it's exact. Just look at the facts. Look at the days these things are occurring on and the astrological energies they're occurring inside of on any given day. And there's a, there's a, you can see this, you can start to see the story playing out, the picture playing out. 
Eclipses talk about things that are, alter your life. Okay? I think having twins could alter your life a little bit. And, uh, and, and when you choose to make an announcement about it or, because, hell, you know, the, uh, what do they call paparazzi? They think they just done figured everybody out. They always, this one got to be pregnant. I've seen the little thing. This one got to be pregnant. And, and I'm telling y'all, they are being very strategic about how and when they do certain things. They're working within the confines and context of these astrological events for a reason. And I'm here every week telling y'all about them ahead of time for that very same reason. So you can choose in advance, ahead of time, how you want to engage these energies. If I had an important announcement to make, I'd want to make it on a Wednesday. Why do you think I do my shows on Wednesday? If I had a message I wanted to get through, I'd, I'd announce it on a Wednesday, probably during Mercury Hour, like when I do these shows. Why? These are the times that are most conducive for messages to come through and be heard and be understood and be perceived and received well. Okay? Uh, As far as Mars in the signs, of course, Mars is, Mars, okay, Mars is going into Aries where it is his home, Okay? Mars, the actions that we're taking from January 27th when Mars went into Aries through March the 9th when it goes into Taurus, the actions we're taking in in this time frame, uh, they're going to get an extra boost because Mars is feeling real comfortable right now. And so it's going to play out not just Mars in the sky, y'all. I tell y'all this all the time. I'm talking about things that are out there but I'm also talking about things within us. They correlate to elements of us. When I say Mars, just think of your actions, okay? When I say Mars, just think of your sex drive. When I say Mars, just think of things, your passion, passionate actions that you take, okay? Um, I love it, I love it, I love it, because the lunar eclipse is in Leo, which is another fire sign, like Aries, where Mars is and and uh, is at home in right now. And so it's all just, I love just seeing the whole picture, not just these isolated one thing, oh, Mars is in Aries. Well, guess what? By the time we come up to this lunar eclipse in Leo, Mars is still going to be in Aries, and that it adds a layer to the picture, okay? That's what I work with with my mama's babies from week to week because I'm getting to know their particular and personal natal chart over time. We're able to see how where they where they are within the grand picture, where these energies and elements that are within them are at the time of any given lunation, any given astrological event, okay? But let me help you with where you are. So if you're not a mama's baby right now, and you're not, uh, you haven't subscribed to the monthly to the weekly service, um, then you know you can take these horoscopes and and still get a really good idea of how best to take in what area 
it would be best for you to take action, not just now, now through March the 9th, but especially at this lunar eclipse in Leo, okay? Um, we're all going to be feeling more, like I said, a boost, more courageous. All things that Mars already is, when it's at home in Aries, it really feel like showing out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm at home. I can act a fool now. <laughs> gonna, our, our actions are going to be tend to be more spontaneous, um, courageous, competitive. We're going to be aiming for our goal, which is to win. It's passionate. It's fiery, active. Um, and just confident, okay? Uh, the actions that we take are really direct. We're not beating around the bush when Mars is in Aries, and we want to get from point A to point B the fastest way we can. The, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, just straight there, straight to the point, and that's it. Now, with that being said, on the low end, uh, we can be even more because because it's at home and feel and really feeling itself. Our actions could tend to be more impatient, arrogant, impulsive, unreflective. You're not thinking about nobody but yourself. Self-centered and short-lived. You in and you out. You ain't thinking about no long term. Okay. Now let me break down Venus being in Aries. Okay, because. As of the 27th, Mars is in Aries. As of the 3rd, Venus is there, okay? And so when Venus, the planet of more, more lo- uh, romance and love relationships, um, when it's in Aries, the love, the love, uh, the love nature that we express, it, it, which it doesn't have to be romantic love. It could just be within a social context. Venus, a lot of times, is just friendship. And and so that love tends to be more Aries-like, spontaneous and direct, the very thing I was just saying about Mars and the actions that we're taking. Uh, Venus also talks about what we value. And so uh, under the influence of Venus and Aries, we're all going to value um, excitement, okay? All things Aries, we're going to be... We're going to appreciate our bold natures more, the parts of ourselves and the parts of others that are bold and and fresh um, and and a little impatient. The, 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 the little impatience that, that's not so bad, you know, where you just want to love already and you just want to appreciate things that feel good already. Um, uh, in Aries, in our love and social nature, we're not really looking back. We're looking forward. Like I said with Mars there, we're looking at that goal, and we're trying to get there the shortest distance possible, okay? We're not really dwelling on the past. We're not really, like, you know, dwelling on well, what we did and feeling bad about it and being sorry. No. In Aries, first house energy, fresh, brand new day, time to make things work. And so... um you just may find in, 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 so in, in within the context of your relationship more Aries energy, okay, uh, because of the kind of impatient nature just, um, or, or like the uh, competitive nature, you know, just loving the chase and loving the conquest and loving, um, you know, appreciating bluntness in, you know, the context of relationship without the sugarcoating. 
um, just more telling it like it is within the context of our relationships, okay? Um, strong desires is expressed spontaneously, enthusiastically, and directly, okay? Um, Aries energy is more of a seducing energy, <laughs> and um, as opposed to someone seducing them, and Aries would want to be the one doing the seducing, so that could tend to be us uh, from February the 3rd until June the 6th, okay? Venus is in a retrograde shadow phase, all right? And so it's going to re-enter Pisces. It's in Pisces now, goes into Aries Friday, and because it retrogrades as uh, between April 2nd and 28th, it will be back in Pisces, okay? Uh, but from the 3rd to um, to April 2nd, from February the 3rd to April 2nd, it is going to be in Aries, and all the things that I just said are in play. Aries wants to chase. Aries doesn't want to be chased, <laughs> okay? So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind your personal and particular relationship with this Venus and Venus retrograde, okay? Because all these things I'm saying if you're having a, a personal relationship to this um, Venus placement that would kind of defy some of the things I'm saying about Venus being in Aries, you might want to know that. Maybe Venus is in Aries in your Libra house, your seventh house. That's going to dang near defy everything I just said. So that's why it's important to know your chart. To know That's why Mama Dada Astrology exists. Know thyself astrologically. I mean, it's just another layer to know yourself through, another lens to see yourself through. It it matters the exact time you made your entrance into this plane of awareness. It means something. Maybe you've never heard that. Maybe nobody's ever told you that, but it means a lot. And I love to just kind of introduce people to that and what it means and, 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 to, and to work with that. Maybe you're trying to be something you literally are not. And it would be much easier for your progress in this lifetime to work with what you actually are and naturally get gifts, talents, skills, and abilities you've been given. Okay. Uh, Venus in Aries is in its detriment. Venus is a planet of sociability and love and comfort and ease and sharing. And Aries is selfish, and it's all about me. <laughs> so Mars is exactly where it wants to be. Venus does not want to be here, okay? So when it comes to all of our love natures, relationships, sociability, um, while Venus is in Aries, Venus likes to be in Pisces, too, where it's at right now. Um, but you may find from the 3rd of February to April the 2nd, your love nature could potentially, depending on the placement, feel a little bit out of pocket, okay? Um, and with Venus and Aries, uh, mistakes can e more easily be made in love, you know? Um, you can do a lot of things fast with Aries, but Venus, love, our love nature, is not necessarily something you want to go full ahead in. So that's why it's in detriment. That's why it doesn't really work as well here as in other places like Pisces and Libra. Um, even indulgences, Venus is already the comforts, you know, the comfort foods and wanting to be comfortable and the pampering and the, you know, 
So in areas that you see how that could potentially go bad because you're just like, I just want to, I just want to be pleased. I just want to indulge and uh, mistakes could, could also need to be corrected, okay, while Venus is in Aries. Um, while Venus is in Aries also, yeah, uh, the, the love nature is just more passionate. It's more passionate in Aries. Um, uh, you could be easily become more popular while Venus is in Aries. I mean, yeah, if you um Venus in, in in Aries is ready to enjoy themselves, have a good time, party. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Um also under this influence, you could get married real easy. You see what I'm saying how Venus does, it will be in a detriment in Aries like Yes, let's get married tonight. <laughs> let's do it. That kind of thing could happen with this um, transit, okay? Um, and so that there's the passion. The thing with passion and fire, especially when it comes to our love nature, is it can burn out. So, yeah, you may feel like getting married between now and April 22nd to somebody you just met. but. Um, you know, that's the push and pull that can be perceived with this transit. At one moment, you can feel, you got to remember Aries. Aries is in and out. It's, it's that fire that burns quick, passionate, hard, ready. It's that first house, ready to go. That's what I always say about Aries. Aries say ready to go, but not necessarily ready to finish. Okay? And so uh, you're going to be passionate about new relationships. People you meet are going to be passionate about new relationships. But then as time goes on, i.e., when Venus retrogrades back in the Pisces or just starts retrograding, period, while it's even still in Aries, you're probably going to automatically <laughs> start at the point of station. It's like, wait, no, well, we get married when? What what we got married when? <laughs> so uh, celebrities like Rihanna, born, uh, these people are born with Venus in this detriment position in Aries. Uh, Mariah Carey, Bob Marley, Pharrell Williams, uh, Janet Jackson, Eddie Murphy, Morgan Freeman. Okay, so let me. Um, you know, Mars going through, I don't, I just don't have time to go through both of them, y'all. Uh, just know that the Mars info, whatever I'm going to say about your Venus being in Aries, that the Mars uh, influence of it is, is talking about a surge in your energy and your drive. Mars in Aries is rich. Aries is already ready to go. Mars in Aries is really ready to go and, and rich to show you. Because Mars is an action. It's not talking about it. It's being about it. So the area uh, of space is not going to change, okay? So whatever area of space, let me just double check that. Yeah, it's not going to change. So let's start with Aries and get this uh, Venus-Mars conjunction that you can see in the sky tonight. 
You're welcome. <laughs> if you haven't already seen it, I swear I just been looking Google eyed, just mouth hung up and drooling. It's just a sight to behold. It's so beautiful, y'all. Please look up and see it tonight if you haven't. Um, Aries, of course, Venus going into your sign. Mars already in your sign. It uh, is going through that first house of you, Aries, okay? And with Venus adding its ease and comfort that it's bringing, you can experience uh, being more comfortable with and enjoying the attention that you're getting, okay? Uh, being in the spotlight, being praised. Um, uh, you can come across it as more charming, okay? Um, but, of course, that's added to the surge of energy and, and, and be focusing on what you want. Mars, in that first house for you, you taking actions on what you want. And Venus being there is just making you more comfortable with that and enjoying it, okay, and uh, enjoying being more charming. Um, yeah, and enjoying that excitement, okay. So Aries, for all intents and purposes, Mars being in your sign so far could have felt, you know, um, could be – Feel right at home. I mean, since Mars is at home, but but it could, uh, adversely it could be just a lot of excitement, and you don't really know what to do with it. You just got a lot of extra energy, um, and enjoying being active. Okay, and Venus is just bringing more of that to you. Um, if you're in a relationship, Aries, you can make it more of a priority with Venus and Aries in your sign, and you could want your partner to give you more of their time, okay? You want, you want, you're enjoy, you're really enjoying that attention, and you really probably, if your partner doesn't want to be getting that from your partner. If you're single, Aries, you can find it easier to attract new people to you because of Venus being in your sign, and you can enjoy that attention as well. Just be mindful of what I said. If something pops off um, Aries right now, great, wonderful, enjoy it. But take but this um, this this real strong energy that's coming through me, and there's also governing this Aquarius season that has some Saturn on it. Okay, so it's nothing wrong if it's the real deal, holy field. You can take your time. You can you can focus and channel that energy into exactly how you want this thing to look and play out. Only fools rush in. That's why Venus in Aries is in detriment, okay? Cancer, cancer for you. You got Mars um, going through that 10th house, and that's, that's making you, it's adding that energy and that surge of energy we all ha- are having access to right now with Mars being at home in Aries. It's being directed at your goals, okay, Cancer, where you're headed in life, where your ambitions and drive is leading you to. And, um, you know, Mars is exhausted in Capricorn, and you're having a 10th house transit, which 10th house is related to Capricorn and Saturn. So, Cancer, you, more than almost any of us at this time, could very well be the ones we look to to show us how you control this energy, focus and harness and discipline this energy, okay? 
Uh, you can feel real good about progress and success if you do that right now, Cancer, all right? Um, you can feel like you're hitting a high point with something. Um, and you can also work on some long-term plans, okay, to make sure you're going in the right direction and you can just be more responsible. That's that's a good Aries lesson, you know what I mean? And that's why Mars is exalted in Capricorn because, our, our actions play out best when they are structured, when we are being responsible with these actions, when we are taking our time and ordering our steps instead of just go. <laughs> yes, go, but 10th house cancer says what direction are you going in? Where are you headed? What's the goal you're aiming at? Okay. Um, and so with Venus there, Cancer, also you can enjoy focusing on those goals. You can enjoy making better impressions on the right people. As far as your love nature with Venus um, going into uh, transiting that 10th house, um, Cancer, you could be more traditional in your love nature, which is cool, you know, for Venus and Aries and the potential for some people to, you know, do a shotgun wedding. Uh once again, we're going to be looking to you, Cancer, to show us how to really, I mean, 10th house is also the most public, visible, seen part of the chart. So figuratively and literally, we're going to be looking to you, Cancer, to show us how in love we can be more traditional. Uh, we can, uh, you know, rely more on the tried and the true than the hot, you know, and heavy, <laughs> and uh, you could probably take on more responsibilities in a relationship, okay? If you're single, Cancer, you can be attracted to somebody who's in, you know, a 10th house position, an elder, someone probably older than you, a mentor, a boss, a superior, okay? Um, or just somebody who comes across as successful and someone, somebody that you respect, all right? Libra. Libra, you are um, experiencing Mars in Aries through your seventh house, okay? So you're getting a surge of energy, Libra, um, in the area of your relationships, the people in your life, okay? So you have more energy to give to these other people. Um, your time, your attention, you can be energized by someone else, a partner, or just someone that's there, you know, supporting you. And so... Um, if you're if you are single Libra with Mars going through your seventh house, you're gonna have a surge of energy and drive to do something about it. Okay? <laughs> and you'll wanna be with somebody that you feel this balance, equal um exchange of energy with. If you're a Libra that's in a relationship, um, you are probably going to have the drive, passion and energy to make uh, your partner more a priority in your life, your relationship with your partner. And uh, you can focus on being more balanced, fair, compromising within your relationship with your partner. And with Venus joining the party, Libra, your ruling planet at that, inside of your Libra house, which is Venus ruled, um, that's just enjoyment on top of enjoyment, Libra. So definitely this is a time and season for you where you can enjoy the people in your life more. You can be more pleasant and charming. Um, 
you know, and that, of course, is going to enhance your relationship if you're in one. And if you're not, that's throw some Venus on it. It definitely could help in you uh, attracting someone who is going to bring balance, bring bring their part of uh, of being balanced to the relationship. You're you're balanced, and you're bringing that to the relationship. They're balanced. They're bringing that to the relationship. You're going to have a balanced relationship that in the within the context of the seventh house would be um, more commitment minded. Okay. If it was the fifth house, I'd tell you it probably could be a fling, you know, dating and quick, you know, but seventh house tends more toward commitment and fairness and balance. All right, Libra? Capricorn. Capricorn, um, you are experiencing the Mars portion of this Mars-Venus alignment that you can see in the sky tonight <laughs> um, through your fourth house, Okay. And so with Mars being there, that's where the energy surge is going, so matters of home, matters of family. So you will have the energy at your disposal to improve anything on that front that needs to be improved, your living situation. Uh, Within the context of the fourth house, you're even talking about your inner foundation emotionally. You can be driven and focused on um, improving that. Improve actual physical improvements to your home, Capricorn. You could be planning a move. You could be cutting a real estate deal. Um, And then just putting more energy into your actual family, just spending more time with people that you view as family. Um, Fourth house doesn't have to be blood relatives, just people people that you are closest to and most familiar with, okay? Um, So, you know, with this, with, with the support of that family and, and your inner strength and support at your core, you you gonna Capricorn, you're gonna feel like you can do any dang thing, okay? And so your emotions can definitely be stronger and they can drive you and you can uh work on starting something from the ground up that in that six months from now you can be proud of, okay? Um as well, Capricorn with Venus um, transiting this tenth, uh, fourth house for you, you you're gonna it's gonna add that enjoyment. Thank God Venus is together with you. Look up and see how big and bright Venus is, and tell me that it ain't bringing the enjoyment and the comfort. Okay, so Capricorn, that's your reminder when you look up and see that bright star shining almost in competition with the moon. <laughs> Uh, you, that's your reminder, Capricorn, that, that you you can enjoy your family right now, okay? You can enjoy tending to your emotional needs and strengthening yourself up in your core internally. Uh, Capricorn, it can remind you that it, uh, in, in the context of a love relationship, that you can focus on having an emotional connection, okay? Water, not physical, not Mental mind, but emotional. Make an emotion. The uh, you can focus on the emotional connection within your relationship, Capricorn, and you can work on that, developing that, and strengthening that with your partner. If you're single, Capricorn, you could uh, just be wanting, uh, desirous of attracting someone who does support you emotionally. You're sitting here feeling strong on your inside, from your core on out. 
you're likely to attract someone who appreciates that, who sees that Capricorn and appreciates that and is not intimidated by that, but it's so, all right, Leo, oh, Leo, we having a lunar eclipse in your sign in a week, go ahead. Uh, and leading right up to that, we would have this Mars and Venus transiting your ninth house. So this is looking really good for you, Leo. Um, with Mars in the ninth house, that's fire on fire, okay? That's Mars. You're Leo. That's fire. We got Mars. That's a fire planet going through the ninth house, a fire, a fire house. <laughs> so y'all, Leo, y'all definitely have access to tons of energy right now. And uh, you could be, that energy can be driving you to ninth house expand, okay? To ninth house pursue new experiences and and opportunities, okay? Uh, To be more adventurous, daring, bold, optimistic about the actions that you're taking, okay? Um, Your abilities to take these actions and chances. You're courageous. You're not scared. You ain't waiting on nobody. Um, And you can be open to exploring new places you haven't been to before um, by way of travel or by way of uh, you can go on a long-distance journey of the mind, especially through reading. Anything, uh, Ninth House also deals with religion. Any experience uh, that can expand and broaden your view and horizons is going to fit this Ninth House criteria, okay? And it's going to affect your view. Ninth house is seeing the bigger picture, gaining another perspective that you haven't perceived before. Ninth house Sagittarius says, I see, I perceive. And you can learn new things, teach, travel, write, um, and you can defend, strongly defend your beliefs. And so, of course, when you throw some videos on it, Leo, that just means you're going to actually enjoy it, enjoy pursuing opportunities to explore. And, of course, it's about your love nature. So in love, Leo, here over the next little bit, you can be easily more adventurous um, uh, and definitely within the context of your relationship, you may want to add that element in or just momentarily or temporarily engage this energy with your partner, expanding, exploring new experiences, broader perspectives, uh, um, trying something new um, together, okay? Um, But also, Ninth House does talk about, you know, freedom to expand. And so if if your partner is not necessarily on board, you're still going to want to do it. You're still going to want that space to expand and explore, and you're not probably going to tend to let a partner keep you back from doing that. Um, If you're a single Leo, uh, you may want to, you know, just be unattached. This is not going to – if you're a single Leo, this is not necessarily the transit for you to partner up because you're not going to want any labels on anything, not in a in a period of expansion and being adventurous and exploring. It, this ain't the time to uh, put a shackle on it, you know, and so uh, you might tend to feel the need to remain unattached from my single Leos, okay? Speaking of ninth house, Sagittarius. Sagittarius for you. This Mars Venus alignment that you can clearly see in the sky right now at night 
could could be the very thing that's causing you, or, uh, or at least that uh, describes how you could be feeling way more driven um, and focused on the love life, okay? We're talking fifth house here, Sagittarius. Not just romantic love, um, just living from an open heart, Sagittarius. Just having more, a surge of energy that is just driving you to spend more time focused on things and people that you love, hobbies, okay? Your, your, your physical babies, children, or your creative babies, like businesses that you, uh, you're, if you're an entrepreneur, your businesses, your baby, that's a, a labor of love. You do it, it's fun to you, you enjoy it, okay? If you not even getting paid, man, most entrepreneurs, they start out not getting paid, and they love it anyway. So it's that. It's working on creative projects um, and just really not one. You, the energy you have, Sagittarius, right now is for things that you enjoy. So if you, um, if it's not fun, you're either going to try to make it fun <laughs> or you, you're going to have, probably have a real hard time doing it, okay? Um, getting in touch with your inner child, being more playful and fun-loving, um, spending more time with others and being sociable, you could end up in the spotlight, Sag, because fifth house surely is the house of uh, being on stage, being in the spotlight, acting, drama, okay, um, getting praise, recognition, and you actually, with Venus being there, you enjoying it, okay? Mars in the fifth house, if you're single, Sag, could talk about playing the field, and if you're in a relationship, it can talk about bringing the sparks back into the relationship. But with Venus there, like I say, you just enjoy it more. You enjoy loving on people, receiving love, um, uh, indulging in your hobbies and projects and creative ventures. And um, if you're if you're in a relationship, if you are in a relationship, and this is not a dating scenario, which that's what the fifth house is the house of. Uh, then it's talking about that those sparks and the, that childlike, you know, nature of butterflies in your stomach and kind of rekindling that, reestablishing those sparks within the relationship. Okay, Sag? Aquarius. Where is Aquarius, Lord? There we go. Aquarius, you are experiencing Mars-Venus conjunction alignment in your third house. So, the surge of energy for you is going to be mental, okay, Aquarius, which is y'all's sphere, y'all's sphere of, of influence anyway, so it should just be just fine. But you're going to have all the energy you need to pursue ideas. Um, you're going to be driven to use your mind to help you help think your way out of situations or third house is not just thinking but communicating. It can help you communicate your way out of situations. Um, definitely there's an element of gathering information, learning new things, talking things over, expressing yourself openly, sharing what you know with others, okay, Aquarius, and just using that surge of energy you have for mental purposes, okay? Um, You've you got a lot of energy to work on short-term. Think short-term plans with this third house energy, okay? Um, and And you can start lots of them, but you may need some help seeing them through. So definitely you want to give yourself mental outlets, Aquarius, because otherwise that's when that 
Mars being in Aries can go bad. Um, same thing with any of the other signs that I've already ran through. Sagittarius, give yourself healthy outlets for your hobbies and your creative energy. If you are not in a romantic relationship, get your butt up, Sagittarius, and get a hobby. Because <laughs> if you don't, that Mars energy can go bad. You have to give Mars something to do. Leo, you have to be exploring, expanding, experiencing something, or you're going to throw it off. Capricorn, you've got to be putting this energy into your emotional needs and your family and your home, Libra, and, and you have to do something with this energy within the context of your relationships. You have to. Even if it's just the you portion, if you're a single Libra, putting that energy into yourself as it relates to you partnering up eventually, if you want to eventually be partnered up, you got to do something with this energy, Cancer. you got to put that on something relating to your goals, something related to your life direction and success and progress. Aries, of course, you got to put it into you something within the context of your immediate environment or it has nowhere to go, and that's when you start seeing these negative manifestations. Um, so Aquarius, did I want to tell you anything else? You are wanting, I told you it's all mental with you, Aquarius, with the energy, and so you're going to want a mental connection if you're um, looking for love, okay? Um, someone you can talk to all night long about anything. Um, and if you're in a relationship, Aquarius, you're going, you have enough energy, beautiful energy to work on developing and open up lines of communication with your love partner, okay? Gemini, Gemini, you can definitely ha- take all this passionate energy that's surging and put it into your dreams, your hopes, your wishes, your future. Okay, your friendships, groups that you network with, you can put this energy into this abundance of energy into getting out. If you needed a kick in the pants, Gemini, this is it because there's abundance of energy available to help you step outside of your comfort zone. You, Mars is an area. You're not going to be scared. You're finally not going to be scared, Gemini, to step outside of that comfort zone, try unconventional methods and and, and you know, uh, alternatives, and um, and and you can also utilize uh, the abundance of energy to find more opportunities via social networks, via technology, via electronics. You're having this energy through your Aquarius house, okay? And so um, you can find this, like I was talking about earlier, the electricity, the lightning. You know, lightning isn't just striking for 20 minutes. It strikes, it's in and it's out. And so you can see just like that your energy come and go. It may not be this steady stream of energy, um, but more so spurts. Um, But when it comes, you may feel suddenly driven, like out of the blue. When I was talking about Aquarius, that same thing, out of the blue, feeling driven to take action. Now, you, you want to, like I would say, you may want to try to curb it to where you're not being so impulsive, but, uh, you know, definitely when the urge or surge comes, evaluate uh, whether you're certain 
of what you want before you actually strike and jump out and react on on the flat sudden flash of energy um, to do something, okay? Just make sure that you really want to do it. Now, with Venus being here, it shouldn't be so bad, okay, Venus, uh, Gemini? Um, you should actually enjoy stepping out of your comfort zone, enjoy being true to your authentic self, Gemini, um, and you should enjoy meeting new people, especially if they're quirky and unusual or weird, okay? Um, Gemini, in, in the context of your love relationships, you can focus on being friends first, okay? Um, if you are in a relationship, you can work on you can work on making sure that it's solid by way of the foundation of friendship that you had when you, before you even established the relationship. And if you didn't do it that way, you can kind of explore that side of the relationship with your partner, the more friend side. Okay, eleventh house is an air house. It's not you know really fiery and passionate, and you know. Thank God it's not earth, <laughs> no offense to earth energy, um, but it's air. So it's, you can definitely uh, talk about some things. Um, uh, and then uh, well, with 11th house, it's more about exploring these unconventional ideas, stepping out of that comfort zone. Well, you know, we started real hot and heavy, and, you know, we've had a real passionate relationship. Well, if you're a Gemini through this season, with, while Venus is going through your 11th house, it's it may not be the most comfortable if you're used to being all passionate and fiery, but you, with Venus being here, you should actually enjoy trying a, the friendship side of your relationship on for a few weeks, okay? A couple months, you know, Venus is retrograding. <laughs> so, um, and if you're single, Gemini, you, you're definitely going to want to be friends first. You're definitely going to want to explore friendship first with someone um, because you would see the value. We're talking about Venus in your 11th now. You would see the value in uh, engaging in that friendship first, okay? All righty, we're wrapping it up here. Taurus, we got Taurus, um, Virgo, and Scorpio to go. Oh, and Pisces. Taurus, uh, you are dealing with this energy from your second house, Okay. 12th house, I lied, 12th house. And so see, you see how I'm telling y'all it's not going to be the same for everybody because here I am talking about all these surges of energy and just the energy levels up. Well, if you're a Taurus, maybe not so much <laughs> because you're experiencing this through your 12th house, okay? And so your energy levels can actually drop, because your energy that you may be feeling a surge of is going to be for rest. Okay, Taurus, rest. Nothing physically demanding. The very thing Mars wants is to take action. But you, Taurus, are going to be led. You're going to be, it'll be beneficial for you, more beneficial for you to take action towards your rest, your meditation, your recuperation, your um, prayer, your alone time, and you just may find that other people actually drain your energy, especially physically. So you you need to put your energy into protecting and preserving your energy so that your energy is not drained and that you are not taken advantage of, okay? 
you can definitely benefit from time. If you are going to be putting actions in, do it from behind the scenes. You're not, this not your time in the spotlight right now. Um, you, because you can't, you, you can't handle the, the pressure and energy of somebody watching you work, watching you take these actions, or making demands of you. Okay, and so you could. This is a, an intuitive waterhouse that uh, Mars is going through for you, and so you can put your energy into utilizing your intuition, feeling in your gut. That's gonna say, okay, I can take these actions right now, or no, I need to rest. And so, Taurus, you can also focus on eliminating twelve houses, the house of letting go, surrendering. And you can focus on eliminating what you no longer need or working on dealing with subconscious issues and motivations. With Venus um, in that same 12th house chorus, you can absolutely just enjoy being in the background, okay? Enjoy being creative and spiritual and meditative and enjoy your rest and enjoy using your imagination. Um, In the context of love, Taurus, you can you have access to more understanding and compassion. So if you're in a relationship, that puts you in a position to willingly and enjoyably make sacrifices for your partner or for the sake of the relationship. And if you're single, you can find yourself um, enjoying just keeping more to yourself, keeping your feelings more to yourself, um, or indulging in a secret, you know, kind of crush on somebody. You're not going to, you like them, but you ain't going to tell them. Not now. Not not while <laughs> you're having this 12-hour transit, okay? Um, Virgo, you are experiencing Mars through the eighth house, okay? Um, which for, um, in uh, old astrology, you could say Mars governs that eighth house, okay? So this is another kind of energy like air, uh, like Aries where Mars could play out more easily in this area. So uh, the energy that you have, the abundance of energy you have access to, Virgo, could have you focusing your attention on serious matters um, and putting energy into handling serious matters of a deep and intimate nature with a more serious approach. An outlook, okay? Uh, you're going to be wanting to get to the heart of the matter. You're going to have a lot of energy to do it, too. Eighth house is a house of research and investigation. Uh, nobody, and Virgo is already uh, paying attention to details. Don't mess with a Virgo over the next few weeks because, baby, they're they going to find you out. They're going to find out all your secrets and uncover all your little stuff. <laughs> so you're definitely going to be in tune with the energy to research and be focused. Anything that interests you, if it's caught your interest, you can break it apart and be intensely dedicated to it, uh, Virgo, okay? Um, Any mutually beneficial projects, opportunities, ventures, um, you can do really well with someone in business, a partner in business, a partner in finances, or just you could could do really well with people you share resources with. Eighth house is also a house of transformation, so you're going to have a lot of energy for that, Virgo. Anything in your life you need to make it work better um, or uh, uh, any changes you may need to make that are long-lasting and deep, you can do that now. And with Venus there, Virgo, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Venus um, being going through that eighth house, 
means you're enjoying getting to the heart of the matter. That's why I say people need to watch out for you because it'll be your pleasure and your delight to break them all the way down to their lowest molecule after you got through uh, investigating them. (laughs) And so in love, thankfully in love, you can utilize this surplus of energy, Virgo, to be more passionate within the context of your relationship. Um, You can focus on the deep emotional, intimate bonds that you have with your partner, okay, Virgo. And if you're a single Virgo, um, you would be looking for and probably attracting because of this serious nature you're taking on and enjoying. Um, It's because you're enjoying it, not just Virgo, but all, all the signs in the houses that I told you that this energy is going through for you, because you're enjoying it, that's what's bringing the attraction. That's why they say self-love is the best love, because when you fall in love with you, it it opens you up, it opens your aura up energetically for other people to love you in those same ways. So for Virgo, if you're single, you could end up attracting someone who else is serious and intense and deep, potentially dark, um, but someone that you definitely would have a very intimate, strong connection with, okay? And looks like last but not least, no, Scorpio, then Pisces. Um, Scorpio, you're going through this uh, Venus-Mars alignment um, through your sixth house. Look up tonight. You'll see it. Um, and it is impacting what you're looking up at and in the sky, is a outer representation of this inner transit that I'm describing for all the signs, okay, Scorpio? And so this could just show up as you having a surplus of energy and drive to get to work, to be productive, to be efficient, to produce tangible results. You just want to make the best use of your time, energy, and resources. Scorpio, y'all, y'all going through this just about as smooth and cool as cancer because, um, you know, that's that, that's that order. A sixth house also has an element of order. It's also an earth house, just like that tenth house I was talking to cancer about. And so this is really powerful for you to have this, Um, transit because you can use that surplus of energy to get organized, to create a new routine, to make lists, to put together a schedule, to uh, make sure you get your chores and tasks and projects done. Uh, And like y'all know, Venus is right along with Mars, so it's going to be easier. It's going to be, that already makes things easier when you're more efficient, when you're putting energy Scorpio, into being more efficient and organized and developing or creating a new routine. Um, you could also find it easier to be detail-oriented, that, like that sixth house described, okay, Scorpio, um, and, and focusing on the little things just with ease because you just have the energy to do it um, instead of, you know, being detail-oriented, you know, just looking at it like, oh, it takes so much time to pay attention to the details. It's like, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. Uh, I got time for it today. Let's go through these details. Okay, Scorpio. And so that makes it a perfect time for work, a perfect time for any new project. Uh, but watch out, Scorpio, because the sixth house is that same house you can get real stressed out in because you, you want it to be, you want to do too much. <laughs> 
So there may may be a temptation, okay, Scorpio, with Mars in Aries, exhausted, you know, or I'll say at home, feeling itself. You could, it could be that much easier to say, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that, too. I can do that, too. And so all that's going to do is have you stressed out and not doing anything or stressed out and it negatively impacting your health because sixth house is a house of health, too, okay? So you put, put, you could put, while you're putting energy into work, Make sure you're putting that into your health as well, okay, Scorpio, um, and your lifestyle, improving your lifestyle. And so with Venus being here too, you, Scorpio, this means you're going to enjoy. You're going to enjoy being productive and efficient, tackling the details and the small tasks and chores as it relates to love, Scorpio. You're going to be focusing on the little things, okay? If you're in a relationship, you can pay more attention to the little details about your partner. Maybe some little detail that you remembered or paid attention to that you utilize to the for the benefit of your partner that just enhances the relationship in ways that you know it wouldn't have had you not noticed a particular thing. Okay. Um, additionally, if you're a single Scorpio, you could um, actually. Yeah, it could just, it's a real practical energy, Scorpio. So if you're a single Scorpio, you're just probably, once again, earth energy. You're not in a hurry, which will end up working in your favor since Venus in Aries is in detriment, okay? So you're not really going to make a move until you're sure that the other another person is ready to make a move, which under this climate is actually a wonderful thing. And lastly, my Pisces, you got second house energy going on, okay? So you, that's why I tell y'all, don't just listen to these astrologers and do a blanket thing because it may actually not really apply to you. For my Tauruses, y'all know that this surge of energy is not going to look like it is for every other sign, okay, Taurus? Pisces, same thing. Mars going through the second house may actually slow down. You can see your energy slow down, Pisces, okay? And so you are going to probably tend to take your time with starting something. You got Mars in an area of fixedness, of stubbornness, of determination. And so you may slow down and may not do anything until you are determined under this energy. But definitely once you do get going on something, you can really stick with it under this energy, Pisces, which I know that's not really just y'all's nature anyway. So this could be a transit where you really see some results, some tangible results. Second house is an earth house. So you get some of this same um, energy of that Cancer and uh, is it Scorpio? Yeah that Cancer and Scorpio have access to because you're experiencing this transit through an earth house. Um, but, yeah, it can, once you get going on something, you're you gone. But it may be a process of before you actually get there of you just taking your time and starting it when you're ready to start it, starting it when you're sure and certain. Um, you can definitely six second houses. Pisces is a house of finances. It is a money house. And so you definitely have access to a good amount of energy for those finances, budgets, accounting, attracting, come on. 
I want you, Pisces, to remember how you feel about you and how that impacts and influences what you attract, the money you attract, and the opportunities that you attract, the projects and ventures you attract, okay? Um, you could, under this influence, because you have so much energy uh, at your disposal for finances, you could uh, find yourself considering getting a second job or a side gig um, or utilizing those talent, skills, and abilities that you came here with to 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 uh, assist you in accessing more money, or just turning yeah turning a hobby into something profitable. And so, second house governed by Venus, I want you to pay attention to um, your senses, getting in touch with your senses, and living in the moment. Okay. Uh, with Venus um, influencing this transit for you, Pisces, you could actually enjoy taking your time, relaxing, okay, Pisces, indulging those senses, and splurging on yourself and others. Like I said, you're focused on finances, so I know with Venus here, it can make you feel like, hey, yeah, I can do that. I can spend that and spend that. Um, <laughs> but and, and with Mars there, you could be real uh, activated, you know, and encouraged to take those kind of actions as well. But that's why I mentioned the budgeting and the accounting because on the, on the highest vibration, you can put your energy into that as well. As it relates to relationships, Pisces, um, you can take your time. I told you this this second house is like where you take off your shoes and just walk barefoot through the, the grass, you know. You ain't in no hurry. You want to indulge and relax. And that could translate over into relationships. Um, if you're single, you're going to want somebody. You, like I said, you got money on the mind. So you're going to want somebody who's stable, who's definitely not going to take away from your second house finances, and uh, who's reliable and who's willing to take it slow with you, okay, Pisces? Ooh, I got through that, and we have about 40 minutes left, so I'm going to jump straight from that um, into the week ahead. Um, after the first quarter moon in Taurus in our current week, we got the moon shining Mercury at 4.41 p.m. Central on Saturday, February the 4th, sending the moon, the moon into void status for six hours and three minutes. And as of 10.44 p.m. Central on Saturday night, February the 4th, the moon does enter Gemini. So in our week ahead, covering uh, Sunday, February the 5th through Saturday, February the 11th, we start our week with that moon in Gemini, okay? Uh, with, uh, with the moon in Gemini, with, the moon will have been, just been in Taurus, that very same second house energy I was just describing for Pisces. Uh, that's where the moon will have been before it entered Gemini. Hold on one second, y'all. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. And so uh, th that's the energy there as of Thursday, February the 2nd at 7.50 p.m. Central when the moon does go into Taurus, we are going to be, you know, in that mode to relax, to be comfortable, to indulge our senses, we're not going to be in a hurry. <laughs> We're going to want to enjoy ourselves and kind of languish with our feet in the grass, you know, and we're going to just want our senses to be engaged. Sight, touch, taste, smell, and hearing, okay? Um, 
And then the, we got that quarter moon in Taurus, which while the sun's in Aquarius and the moon's in Taurus, it is going to have that very same effect that I started talk, I started the show out talking to you about. With all this Aquarius, Uranus ruled energy going on, that Taurus quarter moon is going to be a welcomed opportunity to, to make adjustments that ground us, that offer us stability, that offer us enjoyment and comfort, good company, good food, whatever makes us feel comfortable, okay? First quarter moons are about being challenged, about making decisions and taking actions, potentially turning a corner, okay? Um, That last corner we may need to turn before this full moon comes, okay? Uh, Now, when, when we start the week out with the moon in Gemini, it's going to go from this slow-moving Taurus energy into fast Mercury rule, busy energy. So we start the week out Sunday to communicate for sure, uh, but def- ready to be active, especially mentally, mentally active, mentally engaged. You know, when the moon's in Gemini, you don't necessarily want to be by yourself. Gemini is a social, active sign. And so Sunday, definitely uh, the moon's actually in Gemini all day Sunday. It doesn't go void until Monday. So all day Sunday, we're definitely just going to be in the mood to have fun, light humor, witty, comedy, um, play with children, talk to our siblings, um, go on short trips. I mean, if you normally just lounge around on Sunday, you're going to want to get out and be out and about, take a short trip, even if it's just to go to the store. You're not going to want to sit still, more than likely. And you're going to be in the mood to be sociable and talk and flirt and play, okay? Um, people like people born with moon in Gemini, like Barack Obama, Tina Turner, 50 Cent, Nellie, Lamar Odom, Herbie Hancock, KRS-One, Karuchi Tran, George Foreman, Craig David, and Maya, they know all about that. That It, it, it describes their personality, all of those um, uh, descriptions that I was using to describe the moon in Gemini. So that's how we start out our week. That's all we got going on on Sunday is just moon in Gemini um, within, uh, leading up to this full moon lunar eclipse, Okay. Then, my darlings, um, my mama's babies, February the 6th on Monday, 12.01 a.m., first thing Monday rising, Jupiter stations retrograde, 12.01 a.m. central, okay? And so this is, we've had all planets in forward motion for a few weeks now. And I told y'all, Mama, Daughter, what does it mean when all the planets are direct at the same time? It means go. (laughs) It means mash on that gas, green light, go. Don't stop. Don't don't collect $200. Don't go to jail. (laughs) Just go. (laughs) Okay? And so um, here early out, starting the week out Monday, early rising, uh, the first planet goes retrograde to kind of break that up. And honestly, I never thought I'd say it, 
but I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm act- you think you want all the <laughs> you think you want all the planets to be going direct uh, all the time, but it really gives you a greater awareness and appreciation for these retrograde periods and the opportunity that is allowed for us to review and refine and go back over things and make sure that we're sure, especially when it comes to our natural Jupiters, our luck, our abundance. You think you want to be lucky all the time. Well, you may need some time to review your abundance, review your luck, make sure you ain't missed nothing, ain't missed no abundance somewhere, okay? That's Jupiter retrograde. It's a time for introspection and reflection when it comes to all things spiritual and philosophical and our perceptions and how we view things. Jupiter governs Sagittarius, whose motto is I see or perceive, and sometimes we need to reflect on on what we're seeing. When Jupiter rules that broad view, Jupiter governs that, you know, seeing the bigger picture, and sometimes we need to take some time, sometimes like every 15 months, for about four months, we need to take some time. That's the that's the Jupiter retrograde cycle. It occurs about every 13 months, and it lasts for about four months. And so sometimes we need that time to uh, deal with any issues that we ha- have been experiencing involving Jupiter growth. Jupiter governs growth and advancement and expansion, okay? And sometimes we need to sit down so we can deal with some stuff pertaining to growth and development, okay? Sometimes we need to take extra time uh, to take stock. I say review and refine. What that sound like whenever I'm talking about them void moons? That's when the moon is not active. It's not, Jupiter is not in its active state when it's retrograde. So we get the time that we need, the extra time, four months to make sure, to take stock and ensure that everything is in order before Jupiter goes direct again. By the time Jupiter goes direct, hold on, y'all. Yeah, sorry about that long pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time Jupiter goes direct, then we will have, we would have had, the time Jupiter was in the zone before it went retrograde, we would have had all the time that four months Jupiter was retrograde. By the time it finally goes direct, then we should be in a position where we have come to terms with any of the relevant issues surrounding our growth and development. And you look, Jupiter's going retrograde next week, early in the week on the 6th, but since it's been in the zone, over the last, I believe, month or so, you should have, we have been getting hints. We have been getting messages, divine messages, as to what these issues are regarding our growth and development, regarding our spirituality and, and our beliefs and our philosophy, personal philosophy. And so that's what we're going to spend the next four months, you know, working on and coming to terms with, Okay. Um, Jupiter, there are people born with Jupiter retrograde in their chart. Um, How do I explain this? Um, 
they came here to put a little that like I said for us by transit especially if you weren't born with natal Jupiter retrograde by transit while Jupiter is retrograde we get this extra time okay to observe to to be introspective and reflective right so people that were born with that in their natal chart I know some of my mama's babies are um, they came here to do that extra work they came here natally to do that extra work to be genuinely content and happy. To Jupiter is the great benefic, and it brings the benefits that add to our uh, general health and well-being and happiness. And they came here, you know, to do a little. A lot of times they don't think they're worth or worthy of the luck, the abundance, the growth, and the expansion, and so they tend to work a little harder, I don't know, to prove to themselves that they're worth it. And so they came here with that natural kind of bent, okay? Um, I won't go too far into that just because of time, but um, during this phase, uh, while Jupiter is retrograde as of next week, we all are going to get an idea of the personal growth and happiness issues that may be uh, of concern, okay? Or we have gotten that during the shadow phase, and so by the six, we should have an awareness of what what we're going to be working on, what we're going to be introspective about, about, reflective about, and reviewing going over. Um, Jupiter is making certain aspects at the time it stations retrograde, like the square that it's making to Pluto, okay, and so um, that can talk about us being uh, willing to go to any length to to succeed, okay? And so there's a reminder here to not be ruthless and greedy and compulsive, <laughs> okay? Uh, Jupiter is also sextiling Saturn, and that can help. That definitely can help to overcome some of the uh, intensity and extreme nature of the Jupiter square Pluto, okay? And so that can uh, give us access to more focus on our objectives, okay, with Saturn. I told you all about the stabilizing energy, the energy that brings organization and structure, okay? So that can give structure where Jupiter wants to go overboard. It could give more structure, patience, and determination that, yes, we're going to get there by any means necessary, but we can, we're, we can be patient enough to avoid having to get ruthless, greedy, and compulsive to do it, okay? Y'all see now on the um, global scale and social and political climate how well that works out, <laughs> And so um, Jupiter is also going to be opposing, or it is, opposite Uranus at the time of the retrograde. And so we can feel also a strong urge to react, okay, or to rebel um, against anything that we perceive as stopping us from doing what we want. Thank, thank God for Jupiter sextile Saturn, though, because once again, like with the Jupiter square Pluto and the Jupiter opposite Uranus, Jupiter sextile Saturn saves the day again, 
That's why I've been threading that Saturn energy all throughout this entire show. I even put it in the title when I talk about patience. Okay? This Leo full lunar full moon energy, passionate. Jupiter that governs Sagittarius, another fire energy, passionate. And passion is awesome. We need passion to fuel our actions. We need passion to motivate us a lot of times. But if we're not, if we don't have the grounding element, which thankfully Saturn is bringing to all of this, um, then it can be very difficult to, to be successful and, and at the same time be all, have our passionate energy all over the place. So Jupiter sextile Saturn is definitely assisting us to, to rely more on our sound judgment than just a passionate feeling that we're urged by, okay? So that we, uh, patience, perseverance, a strong work ethic, Saturn's that hard work, that strong work ethic. These are the things that ensure that our gains will be lasting, significant, and substantial and enduring, okay? Um, that same Saturn that sextile Jupiter, the same Jupiter that square Pluto and opposite Uranus, that Saturn is trining Uranus as well. And so... Um, uh, that gives us uh, access to remaining patient and calm and planning things methodically, okay? Finally, since we slow down and we're calm and patient, we're at, we, we, can, we, we can slow down long enough to find new ways of doing old things without rocking the boat because Saturn brings the sturdiness, the groundedness, all right? Um, I will hit on the horoscopes for Jupiter retrograde next week. Let's keep it moving, okay? Monday, February the 6th, 4.53 p.m. Central, the moon opposes Saturn and goes void for eight hours and ten minutes. So that's Monday pretty much hopefully after everyone's gotten off work. I'm not really thinking anybody's got an interview going at that time. Clearly you wouldn't be doing it then. But likely it's just going to play out in the realm of our sleep. We're probably going to get really peaceful sleep that night um, because the moon doesn't enter cancer until 1.03 a.m. Central on Tuesday, February the 7th. But, yeah, that evening is just Monday evening. It's going to be really good for finishing up things you already started, taking stock, refining, reviewing, a lot of these things uh, that describe uh, the void moon as well as that, that Jupiter retrograde. We're taking time out. We're slowing down. We're not meeting with anybody new Monday night. Um, any existing uh, friendships or associations are fine, of course. Uh, while the moon is in Cancer, it comes up out of Gemini where it was fast-paced and we were busy communicating and taking short trips and running errands and communicating with siblings and neighbors. Um, and then Tuesday, it's a, but we could also get a really powerful message, of course, while the moon's in Gemini, since it does rule that. Now, when the moon goes into Cancer on Tuesday, early rising, 1 or 3 a.m. Central, um, we're going to slow down again. Y'all see how that goes? The moon's in Aries, we're ready to go. And then it goes into Taurus, and we're like taking our shoes off and soaking up the sun. And then the moon's in Gemini, and we're all mentally alert and busy and running errands. And then the moon goes into Cancer here on Tuesday, early rising. 
and we have this instinctive need for peace and quiet. We have this instinctive need to get insular, to get inside of our emotional foundation and just be comfortable there, you know, where our feelings getting in touch with our emotions, our emotions, and feeling more uh, like hanging out around the house, doing domestic activities, tending to our own personal needs hanging out with our family and people we're really familiar with and that feel like family and that make us feel at home, feeling at home within ourselves and feeling homesick if we can't be at home. These are Tuesday, um, you know, Wednesday while the moon's in cancer. These could be the days where when you get off work, you go straight home. You just want to be at home. Okay? Um, So it's kind of like retreating, this retreat kind of thing, and this cozying up in bed. It's supposed to actually get, at least in our local area here in Texas, it's supposed to today it got us to like, it's been in mid to high 70s here lately, and tomorrow, uh, well, this is next week, but it's just interesting it's the same time frame. The temperature's supposed to drop like back into the 50s or something, so. Um, if it's like that again next week, then, yeah, these are perfect days to just cozy up at home in front of the fireplace or if it's not, 50 is not that cold, but, you know, maybe cozy in front of in front of a space heater. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, it's a water sign, so you definitely could benefit from engaging this energy high vibrationally, soaking in the tub, hydrating, getting more water. That made me thirsty right when I said it. Y'all, hold on, let me take a sleep. Um, hydrating, um, daydreaming, um, decorating anything relating to the home, you know, um, that the mother is represented in cancer. So maybe just reaching out to your mom, talking to your mom. If your mom is not here like mine, just, you know, remembering her, maybe pouring libation. And so, um, or just spending time around women, you know, um, or being motherly or nurturing, you know, maybe bringing treats to work that day or, you know, going to bed early or just getting by a body of water, painting, drawing, acting, writing, just allow engaging with those core emotions, okay, and getting in touch with them. Tuesday, February the 7th, it looks like I'm going to be giving y'all, I mean, I'm not going to rush it. That's the whole point of me starting this show out with order and these Saturnian uh, principles and, and keywords and imagery because it, it's the same thing as we get closer to this lunar eclipse. It's not about rushing towards the eclipse and rushing the energy and, okay, whatever's about to happen that's going to set off my next six, six months, let's just hurry up and get it to it and get it over with. It's not about that. Because first of all, before you can get to what's going to be happening in the next six months, I need you to know and understand that a lunar eclipse is a full moon. So it's about culminating and wrapping things up. At the point of the eclipse on the 10th, the moon's going to be waning from that point on. So it's going to be about wrapping things up and getting ready for this solar eclipse. That's when you want to do something new at the solar eclipse. So it's not about rushing right now. It's not about rushing. It's about taking your time, making sure you're doing things right, not right as in right and wrong, but right as in doing right by yourself. Saturn talks about responsibility. Saturn talks about self-discipline. Saturn talks about putting things in order. Saturn talks about structure. 
let's 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 back things this thing up. Let's slow this thing down. Jupiter's retrograding to start the week out. Let's make sure we're not missing no blessings thing and make sure we're getting everything available to us to grow, to advance, to expand, to explore, to be abundant. So I'm not in a hurry to get to, I, I, y'all know I wanted to talk about it. That's why I didn't name the show what I named it. <laughs> and I really have been talking about it this whole show because everything I'm talking about is at leading up to and adding to the astrology of that full moon lunar eclipse. But maybe, just maybe, spirit knows that it would be even more influential and uh, effective to talk about that energy from the standpoint of what we are wrapping up. Think back six months ago, September. It started with a full moon lunar eclipse. We see eclipse seasons tend to just do two, right? A full moon and a, a full moon lunar eclipse and a new moon solar eclipse, just like we're having on the 10th of this month, February, and the 26th of this month. Well, when we go back to September of last year, it started out, we had three. We had a full moon lunar eclipse in Aquarius on August the 18th. We had a new moon solar eclipse in Virgo uh, September 1st, and we had a full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces September the 16th. Y'all remember that? We got shows on it. Go back to those dates. And that set up the six months to follow that we're wrapping up now. So check back in with who you were six months ago and see if you're where you wanted to be by now. Are you still treading water in the same place? Or have you progressed? Have you advanced? That's what Jupiter retrograde is going to help you determine. What 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 are you, what are we, not seeing? Because you know Jupiter is expansive and wants to see the big picture, so it's not really looking at details. But now that it's going to be retrograding after the start of next week, we're going to have that extra time to review, be introspective, make sure we haven't missed anything and things that we have missed. Go back and get it. Sankofa, go back and get it. So uh, moon is in cancer at this point in our week ahead. Tuesday, February the 7th, 3.35 a.m. Central, Mercury enters Aquarius. Yes, Mercury joins the sun in Aquarius. It finally moves out of um, Capricorn with Pluto and into Aquarius with the sun next week, early rising on Tuesday. When Mercury is in Aquarius, Aquarius is basically, uh, you know, is Mercury is a mental planet. Aquarius is a mental sign. So under this influence, uh, the duration of Mercury being in Aquarius, we're going to be really hungry for knowledge. We're going to be open to original ideas, new ideas. We're going to be thinking outside the box. Um, uh, and and our thinking is going to be more progressive, okay, and objective. Um, our communication, our thought patterns are going to be just like that energy I've been describing about Aquarius, the lightning, spontaneous, sometimes fragmented. Like I said, maybe spurts, just when the when the impulse or the or the insight 
uh, hits or, or strikes and, and very liberal, our thinking is going to be unique, unconventional, unusual, outside the box, weird, right? And, and, and which really just means inventive. It just means inventive. Inventive thinking is going to be at an all-time high. And so under this influence, Aquarius is an air sign. It's not passionate. <laughs> it's not emotional. It's air. And so our emotions are going to take a back seat to intellect, to thinking, okay, during this time. And so um, we're going to want to pursue mental things more so than spiritual things, more than likely. Uh, Aquarius can be really cool and detached. I like to look at Aquarius now. I see that so much when I see um, uh, descriptions of Aquarius detached, detached. But now I've observed the energy for long enough, I would describe it more as simply just objective. It's not that Aquarius is not don't feel at all. It's just that more so than they rely on their feelings, they rely on that mental. And so they're able to take to look at something from the outside instead of from the inside. Instead of being all up in their feelings, they can look at it from the outside and focus more on the mental aspect of anything that's going on. The feelings are there. They're just not considered or consulted. Um, uh, you, you may feel like you just can't turn your brain off while Mercury is in uh, Aquarius, okay? Uh, Aquarius rules the future. You could be thinking about the future a lot while Mercury is in Aquarius um, and just how to make your future better and brighter. Um, and because it's more cerebral than emotional, you could hurt other people's feelings. I mean, once again, <laughs> you know, uh, hurting or neglecting other people's feelings. So just, you know, in all the fast-paced, lightning, electrical impulse energy, get, check in with people that you know and love from time to time just to make sure they know that you're still there, okay? Um, ask an Aquarius near you, you know, how people can read them the wrong way when it comes to stuff like that because they can be perceived as so detached. So just make sure you check in. There's going to be a lot of high, fast-paced energy going on, so slow down, schedule in time to check in with people that you love and care about, okay? Um, Aquarius, of course, for you, this is just in your sign and energy, so uh, your mental energy is definitely going to be on straight surge, okay? Um, so make sure that you are communicating um, some of these principal ideas you're coming up with. Make sure you work on some short-term plans um, and gather information, get or give advice, learn something new, or talk things over with others, okay? Uh, you could be more open with what's on your mind since you're having a first house transit with this Mercury, okay? Um, and you could be more comfortable and brave to put those ideas out there, okay, Aquarius, Taurus? Um, your mind's going to be on your goals and your long-term plans, okay? And you're going to have a more practical outlook. Your mind is going to be more practical, and you can... Um, uh, definitely even talk things over with people that you trust, authority figures, mentors, parents, mentors, parents um, teachers, um, about 
your responsibilities and how to best take the lead in your life from some, you know, authority figures on on that, people that you respect that have successfully taken the reins and done something positive and significant and successful with their own lives, okay, Taurus? Leo, um, your lightning fast thinking is going to play out at its most optimal when you're with a partner or getting feedback from somebody or giving somebody feedback, okay? You're going to want that mental support and rapport with someone, Um you could be a really good negotiator now because Mercury's going through your seventh house, so you're really, Leo, you're able to see both sides really easily, but it can also make you more indecisive because you can see both sides. And so you may choose in certain situations. Scorpio, for you, your genius Mercury and Aquarius mind is going to play out best when you're in your com- in a comfortable place, when you're... Uh, with your family, people who support you, um, your mind can be more active and you just feel more comfortable exploring that active mind when you're around those kinds of people. Um, And you can tap into emotions that are your own and others. Um, People could be saying something that feels a different way and you pick up on that feeling. Um, Because you're a Scorpio water sign and because you're experiencing Mercury in Aquarius through a watcher house, your cancer house, okay? Um, you may feel more comfortable expressing your emotions under this influence. Gemini, you've got this Mercury in Aquarius going through a Mercury house, and you are a, a air sign. So this idea is abounding, kind of like Aquarius, um, but your attitude also um, should be more positive, see, seeing the bright side of things, and um, and getting really good ideas, gathering information, a lot of information more than likely about how to make what you want, these ideas come to life, how, how to get, make what you want happen, okay? Libra, Mercury and Aquarius going through your fifth house. All that mental energy is going to benefit any creative projects, ventures, um, that you got going on, your um, any uh, businesses that you have going on, and definitely even your romance and your um, relationships with children. Uh, you can definitely be more playful and be more inspired mentally um, to enjoy yourself, okay, just in general. Um, if you can't make it fun, you're not going to want to do it, all right? Sagittarius, Mercury through Aquarius. You know what? I told a story. Who did I tell a story to? Gemini. Not your third house, your ninth house, Gemini, okay? Let me back that up. Gemini, uh, Mercury going through Aquarius is going to have you feeling really expansive, okay? That's where the bright side of the situations come in. You are going to have access to the silver lining in any cloud, Gemini, whatever is going on in your life while Mercury is in Aquarius, you can take a higher vantage point. You can look at it from a brighter side and perspective. You can see it through the lens of the bigger picture, and that's what's going to open you up to um, the energy to make what you want happen. Sagittarius is having the third house transit, and so that's where the ideas and the social calendar, you being busy, short-term projects, you know, that mental energy is working so you can get shorter-term things accomplished and done, paperwork, applications, okay, Um, uh, 
schedules, planning that. Aries, um, Mercury in Aquarius is going through your Aquarius house. So your best thinking is going to be done. Your ingenious brain is going to be highly, um, it's going to work best in a group with friends. Think outside of the box for humanitarian causes. Um, it can help you expand your social circle beyond who you normally connect and network with, okay? Um, so let that brilliance shine within the context of a group. Uh, Capricorn, second house. Um, your brilliance is going to come through. If you tend to do well here anyway, but you're going to have access to coming up with new ideas and, and making decisions that you can stick to. That second house includes the determination to stick to something. Um, so, yeah, this is a really good idea and time to work on that budget. Uh, personal finances, Virgo, sixth house, okay? Your genius is going to come out when you're working on projects, tasks, chores, being organized, your schedule, your daily routine, your lifestyle, the details. You're going to be a genius when it comes to being efficient, productive, and getting things done, bringing structure and order to your daily life, and you're going to have a lot to show for it. It's Virgo going through your Virgo house. Mercury and Aquarius going through that Virgo house. Okay, Virgo? Cancer, you've got it going through the eighth, and so your genius is going to come out when you're researching, investigating, transforming parts of your life, getting to the heart of the matter, and focusing on serious topics, subjects, and having a serious outlook and intense focus, okay? Um, people you share resources with, it could come out there. Maybe you come up with a new genius, inventive way to manage the family finances or, or inheritances or taxes or bonds or insurance, okay? Um, yeah, I believe in this tax season coming up. So cancer, work your tax magic, I don't know. Pisces, last but not least, um, your Mercury and Aquarius is going through your, Pis your Pisces house. So you're going to be your best, highest, most inventive thinking when you're just being you. You hear me? On your own, without anybody else interfering, um, you know, just that downtime to be with your be just you and your genius, <laughs> keep them to yourself, you know, not really wanting to be in the spotlight, more behind the scenes, and allow your imagination to be active. That's where your genius is going to come out in your imagination, Pisces, okay? So pay attention to those dreams. Engage those dreams. Engage your imagination. You know, um, be inspired by arts and creativity and movies and music, okay? Um, it may be a little difficult for you to focus that mind on the mundane and the, and the, and the practical, but al allow that access to creative energy to benefit your projects and ventures. Uh, Wednesday, February the 8th, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, the moon squares Jupiter and goes void for 11 hours and 19 minutes, which will bring us into Thursday, February the 9th at 3.41 a.m. Central and the moon entering Leo. we got to stop it there, you guys. I want to give a special shout-out to myastrologycoach.com. Stay connected, events tab, and Brother Ampu and Minister Drew just doing it big. We'll see you in Vegas. Also, stay connected to Inner Peace Lighthouse. And um, special shout-out to the Dark Pixie Astrology and Astrology King. Um, I just recently made a donation, um, if you just like for here. 
Astro love gifts are welcome when you feel like you're getting something out of it, and that's what I did uh, when it comes to these websites that are so beneficial in uh, me creating notes for these shows. I love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Stay connected. One quick email access to Mama Dada just to shout me out and say, hey, okay? All right, peace.